Welcome back to Mishnah Bayom at Home with Gabi and Kayla Kraus. We are learning Mesachet Shkalim, Perak Zayin, Mishnah Zayin. We're learning Tractate Shkalim, and we're in the seventh Mishnah of the seventh chapter. Mishnah Zo Mosifalim Not Et Hanotarot Misheva Takanot Beit Din Legabe Korbanot. This Mishnah will continue to number the different um, Takanot, which we said are like institutions that the courts um, added. Um, that had to do with sacrifices. Okay, into the Mishnah. Gabi, take it away. Al hamelach ve'al ha'itzim she'yu ha'kohanim ne'osim bahem. Be'tin tiknu she'kohanim she'im lehanot mimelach she'yu'ad she'yu'ad lemelichat korbanot u'me'itzim she'yu'adu lemaracha asher al hamizbeach afal pishak deshem. So the Beit Din enacted that the Kohanim were allowed to use leftover salt for um, the, from the, uh, the salt that was used to salt the uh, sacrifices, and they were allowed to use leftover wood that was used um, for the fires on the, on the, on the altar, even though uh, they have um, uh, holiness to them. But Melachim ishtam shulam lichad orot korbanot, they they were able to use the salt for tanning the hides that they would get from the korbanot olah, from the burnt offerings. Um, before burning the burnt offerings, they would skin the animal, and that's what the kohanim would would receive um, as a gift. Um, and they'd use the salt to salt the meat of the uh, different sacrifices that they would. Uh, actually eat the meat from. Uh, right? Like we said, this, these, um, these things, the salt and the wood, had a certain level of, of holiness, uh, so you weren't allowed to do anything with it. These are pretty specific things that the Kohanim were allowed to use with these things. For example, they wouldn't be able to salt their own personal meat that, would, that wasn't holy. Uh, uh, with the wood, um, they could uh, also cook uh, the meat of the korbanot that they'd eat, uh, that they were allowed to eat, um, and they can even uh, use it in some kind of, uh, I don't know, fireplace or something for warmth. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Next part of the Mishnah, little intro. Someone who enjoys something that is um, is holy, he is stealing. The special word mo'el or me'ila, it refers to stealing hekdesh. You're stealing something kind of, you know, is God's territory and you're, you're, you're stealing it. Someone who does steal hektish and, and does me'ila, they have to pay. They are liable to pay up. Okay, so according to the letter of the law of the Torah, um, there is no dina of stealing the um, ashes of the red heifer. Okay, again, the red heifer's ashes were used 
There have only been nine since the beginning of existence of, of pure red heifers. Uh, when the Messiah comes, there'll be a tenth. And, um, and they would burn it in a special um, ceremony. And with the ashes, they would save and they would mix it with special waters and, and, and grasses. And, um, and the Kohen would purify those who were Tamimate, were um, ritually impure from coming into contact with, uh, with um, the dead. If they wanted to go up to the temple and bring Korbanot, they had to purify themselves. Um, you know, with these ashes. So what is the deal with these ashes? If you steal the ashes, are they hekdesh? You know, are they holy? And do you get, uh, if someone steals it, is there me'ila? So according to the letter of the law, according to the Torah, no. Um, there, there is uh, no me'ila there. Misha nochachu beitin she'esh ha'mezalzalin be'efer she'ishtamsham bo l'irfuah tiknu she'esh bo dine me'ila. But what happened? Um, the courts at one point saw that people were, you know, taking, you know, taking uh, these ashes and uh, and using them for other purposes. You know, they these are special ashes they saw, you know, and they started using them for, you know, medical purposes and for different things and just kept, you know, taking it. So at that point, the courts stepped in and said, okay, there is a Dean Me'ila. They said, okay, you know, we're putting a safeguard here. You can't just use the ashes for whatever you want. Um, and it's, it's technically stealing. Okay. But then, but then at a later date, they, um, they retracted that because according to the Torah, as we know, as we said here, there, um, there is no Din Mi'ila. That was just a Takana that they added. And at one point they they saw that they were able to retract it. And we're going to explain it in the Mishnah and we'll understand that fully. Okay. So in the Mishnah, here we go. Okay. So aduma Right? So um there is no din mi'ila for it with the, with these ashes. Ta'am hadavar, the reason is alav. Okay, so why did they now uh, retract that takana because they had put the takana in place and then they retracted and they said you could use it why because then it came to the point where the these kohanim and, and the nation they were nervous to use the ashes even for its uh, intended purpose which was to you know sprinkle and purify those who are tamimate um, who were ritually impure from in contact with the dead um they were so nervous of about this, t- you know, this court enacted t- takana institution that uh, that it's stealing from hekdesh. Um, that even if there was like a safek, like they were doubtful. Well, they think this person came into contact with a dead body. They're not sure. And then they said, okay, well, um, we're not we're not 100% sure that we can use these ashes on you because we're not 100% sure that you need them. And if we use them and you don't really need them, then that's me'ila. So that they weren't using them when really technically they could because that was just a takana. So they realize it's getting to the point where it's time to retract that takana. So that is what the Mishnah explained. Okay, next part of the Mishnah. Gabi, take it away. Vial... Vial hakinin hapsulot sheyu baot mishal tzibur. 
um, and on the bird, the um, if the bird offerings were uh, pasul, they were no good. Uh, the replacement would come from the um, from the tibur, from the communal uh, money. Rabbi Yossi Omer, hamesapek et hakinim, hakinin, mesapek et No, the person who brought the birds would also have to bring um, a replacement for the uh, nullified birds. Otiknu beitin sheim nifsal lahakrava of shenirkash bekasav shunach bekupat kinim. Okay, so this was another takana of the beitin. If um, someone's going to bring uh, if they were going to bring, they brought a bird um, uh, as a sacrifice, um, and that was from the money uh, from the kupat kinin, like we said, there are different, all those different, uh, you know, um, you know, storage, you know, uh, money, chauffeur shaped tzedakah boxes, tzedakah boxes, whatever the the treasury for the from the treasury uh, that they'd use to purchase the bird offerings. Um, what would happen if the bird? Uh, you know, develop some kind of moom, some kind of uh, issue with the bird, or it wasn't no longer kosher, or something happened, or it died, or whatever. Um, so, Ayudeh as a kukli korban, Yerchesh of Acher, Chalifav, Mikas Pechum Aralishka. So, what would they do? Um, the, the person who um, needed to bring the korban, uh, they would bring, they would bring him another one. Uh, from the money of the Chuanalushka, from the money of the, you know, the Maxida Shekel, from the joint money of 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 the Tibur of the of the uh, general populace. Um, so that so that it wouldn't be a case where this person was hoping that he'd be atoned, and now he's not atoned. Yeah, it's like because because it has to come from him. Right, his kapara has to come from him. It uh-huh. has to be from his money, and it can't be from the. Um, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, we said in this case that no, they would get it from the. Right, hmm. just to make sure that he's covered. We're just saying. Uh, to make sure that he's covered. He's Fine. covered. He, he, you know. Right. I'm I'm thinking ahead to Rabbi Yossi. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, just in the uh, in the Tanakama, the the Chachamim, um, they hold that um, if it dies. We'll cover the loss because we want to make sure that everyone, um, everyone uh, brings their bird that they need to for their kapara, so that they'll be atoned for their sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So Rabbi Yossi cholek Rabbi Yossi argues. Right? So Rabbi Yossi is sort of coming, going back to something that we had said earlier. Uh, that uh, the birds were no good. That's an issue with the people who are who are um, supplying birds uh, to the Beit Hamikdash for the Karbanot. Like we said, remember that if someone's doing business with Karban with, with the Beit Hamikdash, that they incur all the losses. It's it's just one of the things because we take hectic so seriously. Uh, so this goes back to the uh, to the earlier um, issue that we had before. Like we had earlier in Parak Dalet, by the oil and by the grain that people that are um, supplying 
uh, goods to the temple, they just know going in that this is part of the deal, that uh, any kind of issue comes up, uh, you have to take the loss because we just we take uh, communal ownership of sacrifices and things for the temple so seriously uh, that um, you know that it's you know it's on the supplier to to make up for it. Gabby, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for the melach. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Someone takes a slice of challah in order to dip it into salt, and then all of a sudden, salt falls on it. Let's see what it's talking about. Sheila, here's the question. Eliakim ben yashav besudat yom hashabbat bevet horav. Okay, so our main character here is a guy named Eliakim. He's 15 years old, and he is sitting at a Shabbos meal at his parents' house. Vihine. Huva lefanav prusat chala. A slice of chala comes before him. Ve'eliakim ratzalet bila b'melach she'amad b'tochan milchia ksufa. He was about to pour some salt from the silver salt shaker onto his piece of chala. Ach ve'otorega. At that moment, he sit achiv Yosef ben hachamesh et ha'milchia b'tznu'a bilti zihira. At that very moment, his five-year-old brother, Yosef, um, quickly knocked out uh, out of his hand the salt shaker. And what happened? The salt uh, got poured onto the tablecloth. Only a couple of random small pieces of uh, you know particles of salt actually went on Eliakim's chala. Vishoel Eliakim. Eliakim asks, So his question was, do I need to now dip it? Is there a, is there a special inyan about dipping the chala in? Do I need to dip it if there's some salt did kind of get sprayed on it? You know, just kind of fall on it. Or is it not enough because the salt fell on it and it wasn't dipped in it? Matomru Hanvona. What would you say to answer his question? Let's find out. Let's find out. Okay. Tshuva. I say some people just sprinkle salt. Yeah, some people sprinkle salt on. My father, I think, dips it three times. That's his main hog. Do you say there's it? no what bread do do? like challah. What? There's no bread like challah. <laughs> Gabby, what do you do with your challah? At our Shabbos table? At our Shabbos table, <laughs> not paying attention. <laughs> I put salt on the challah board, and after I make the bracha and cut a piece, I dip it in the One salt time. that I put in. One time? One time. One time. For my okay. piece. Okay, there we go. Okay, so let's see what Eliakim were saying to him, or what the Chashukeh is saying to him. Okay, so um, you don't, it's okay, he doesn't have to dip it if salt already went on it. Um, and this is different from the salt that was put on the meat 
in the sacrifices in the temple. Okay, so when we're talking about the salt that was salt, you know, used to salt the sacrifices, sacrificial meat in the temple, there the Kohen had to do it himself. It, you couldn't just have like the salt falling and falling, you know, it fell on it. Um, as rabbis said, aval bepat, but with bread, So when we're talking about pot, which is bread here, um, the the whole purpose of having salt in it is that it should be tasty. So it is, um, and that's why this is all, you know, brought here in the context of our Mishnah, is because the the salt that we use on our challah reminds us of the salt that was used on the sacrifices in the temple, and also our table is like a is like an altar, is like a mizbeach, right? So, um, so they said, okay, um, it doesn't really matter how the salt is, how it's salted, whether the salt kind of falls on it, or we could say, you know, are you sprinkling it versus dipping it? I, you know, I think that also, you know, works here as well, that it's uh, fine either way. Um, and still, still a remembrance for the you know the way they would that they would salt it but it isn't exactly the way they would salt it and that's fine and it's tov mishubach and it's good and praiseworthy and there we go thank you for joining us see you next time mishnah yomi mishnah bayom at home